If you have your Bible or a a phone (laughs) or an iPad with a Bible program, hold it up and say, this is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Come on, let's make just a, just a confession of something really good. Say, by the blood of Jesus, I've been delivered from all the power of the enemy. By the blood of Jesus, all my sins have been forgiven. As I walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Jesus is continually cleansing me from all sin. By the blood of Jesus, I am justified. When he looks at me, it's just as if I'd never sinned. By the blood of Jesus, I am sanctified and set apart for my divine purpose. Now, I've been talking to you, and I'm finishing up today, talking to you about detoxing your life. And we talked about a lot of things like stress and depression and um, unforgiveness and inadequacy. We talked about a lot of things. They're all super important. And one of the reasons I wanted to talk about that stuff because a lot of times we don't like our behavior and we don't realize our behavior is we're just acting out stuff that we're not processing. So when you don't process stuff, you end up being sad. And when you're sad, you want to feel better. And you end up doing stuff you wish you hadn't done. And then you're not really who you want to be. So it's important that you deal with the roots of things, not just the fruits of things. That you don't just look at yourself and say, I'm a terrible person. I did this or that. Sometimes you just got to get to the root of the problem and say, you know, why are you stressed all the time? Why are you depressed? Why are you self-destructive? And you got, you know, God wants to get to the root of the problem. Not, you know how it is. You get those crazy weeds. In Louisiana, how many of those stuff is just growing all the time? How many can hear your grass growing after you mow it? Like, <laughs> you wake up the next morning, I just cut that thing. I have rocks in my parking lot at home. And the grass is like, I'm taking over, man. And I, I keep putting poison on it, like dangerous poison that can kill a person. <laughs> I keep poisoning it and it like dies for a second and then uh, like two days later it's like back it's in Louisiana weeds are growing like like a bad weed and and uh and, and you can pull I'll keep you know I make a point every day to go through my driveway and I'm thinking I'm gonna pull up three weeds every day before I get in my car because you know those weed pulling sessions how many of you know that's from the devil it's not really from the devil but it's really hard so I thought if I just get a few on the way out, because, you know, I'm, there's, a, there's, there's the ground, then there's a layer of, two or three layers of plastic that's supposed to keep anything from growing. I've got rocks on top of it, and still, these things keep growing through. And I'm thinking, this is, this is an attack. And so I walk out, and I think, I, I got to fight because I just can't let it take over because it's overwhelming if it takes over. So I just, like, grab a couple of weeds casually, you know. But it's like a war. I would like, and you? And I, I actually cast it out. I actually look at it like, you're the devil. And I cast it out, and I grab another one. And, I, and I, like, no one knows this world is going on, but I'm going through a warfare on the way to the car, pulling up these weeds. Like, hey, get out of here. And I'll, even, I'll sometimes go four or five weeds, you know, just to pull it out and throw it. 
And, uh, and, and really, it's like that with uh, things in our life. If you don't get to the root of it, it just keeps, it, it can be overwhelming in your life. It just can start growing up and taking over your life. So it's important that you understand that you got to get that root system out if you want to live free. Well, that is all, and that's super true. But in the end, everybody has something that's not just a weakness that they're dealing with or a problem they're dealing with. Every human being has a problem called sin. Not the sin that you did is the sin that lives in you. The nature of Adam, the Bible calls it. So it is this tendency that if it's, it's Easter Sunday morning and you're an eight-year-old boy and you're dressed in white and you want to get in that mud puddle, it's like something is drawing you to that mud puddle. And it, that's how human beings have this tendency that's handed down to them when they shouldn't do something, they really want to do it. And then they want to prove that they can do it and get away with it. And even if it's killing them, they're like, this is the way I want to do it, right? And so it's something that it, it's inside people that it, it opposes them. And so there's, God gives us a cure through the blood of Jesus, but we've got to decontaminate the way we think about those things that we uh, do that we don't want to do. We have to stop thinking about them as our friends or our favorite secret little thing, and we have to renew our minds so God can really set us free. Tell somebody the chains are gone. No, let's say it like you mean. The chains are gone. I've been set free. So Jesus didn't go to the cross so that we could live more comfortably in our defeat. Jesus went to the cross so that we could live in freedom. So that you don't have all these bondages in, in these things hanging off of your life. He wants to get to the root of it. And it's not just that you're depressed or sad or stressed. But there's something even deeper that's a contamination. That this is a condition. That's why they call you know addictions diseases, and they call perversions. They call them like uh, the way you were born. And they were right. It is an addiction. It is a disease, and it is the way you were born because you were born with Adam's nature to oppose yourself. And God can even set you free. From that contamination where you're doing stuff that's making you less than you. You're still you, just a contaminated version of you. Everybody say, decontaminate your life. And you know I've been preaching this a little while, and I've been enjoying it. But when I got ready to preach on this part, the part about the contamination of the spirit of the world, I'm telling you, it was like the last two weeks all hell broke loose. I mean, every kind of thing. Were you here last Sunday? Our screens went out, pop, pop, microphone went out. I'm not sure what it is with lights in this place. But it was like, it was a, you weren't, they were, they were trying to cover it up. But it was like the comedy of errors. Nothing was working suddenly. They had to bring the lift in here and they were going crazy. Why? I, look, you believe what you want to believe. But I can tell you, the enemy doesn't mind you getting some self-help and feeling better about yourself, but he doesn't want you dealing with the root of the problem, the root of the contamination, which is the sin that was inside of you that Jesus died to deliver you from. Not just the behavior, but the root of it, which is that rebellion that's inside of people that says, I know I shouldn't do it, but I'm going to do it, and I'm going to justify it. That's what, and look, look, I had to just bow up and press through and say, I'm going to preach it because it's what God says, and it's more important than any of the other decontamination. Being set free from that that causes you to oppose yourself is like the best way to get set free. It's the most effective way to be set free. Now, 
Here we go. Let's, if you have your Bible, now I read this last week, and you know, there are places, there are even states in the United States that if you read the scripture I'm reading to you right now, right out of the scripture, they will consider it a hate crime. And they'll, because, in, in fact, because they're so far from the truth, the world is so far from the truth, they believe evil is good and good is evil. That if you tell some something good, they call it, that they believe that God is a bigot. Satan believes God is a bigot. And so they so defend their behavior that they're willing to put their finger in God's face and say, you're a bigot and you're a racist and you made me this way, but you're going to condemn me for being this way. Now, they don't think of it that way. It's just the way they express themselves. So I'm going to read it, and it's not illegal. It's actually the truth that makes people free. And you can't just have the part where God loves you and he forgives you and nothing matters and, and you're going to heaven because of what Jesus did. That is true and wonderful. But the Bible says the law came by Moses, which was the rules, that if you do this, you're going to go to hell. You're going to die. The law came by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. So some people are so full of grace they have no room for truth. Some people are so full of truth they have no room for grace. But the Bible says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. You can't just say God loves you and he, he forgives you and he has a great plan for you. You can't just say that and forget. But you know what? You're going to have to stop doing that. That's killing you. See, every drug addict knows that he's got to get real before he can get off those drugs. He can't keep saying it's just the way I am, it's what happened to me. He can't keep excusing it because he knows every excuse takes that root and it goes deeper in his life. He knows because it's ruining his life, his marriage, he's ruining his body. He knows he can't keep lying about it and calling it true. He has to sometimes say, that right there is killing me. And God's going to give me grace to change. But you can't keep calling right wrong and be free. Not as a people, not as a nation. You can't keep calling evil good and good evil and expect to stay free. If you want to call evil good and good evil, you have to go to like the Soviet, the old Soviet Union, Russia or Venezuela or somewhere where they call God invisible and they call God not real and everything else is real. Those atheist nations that stick their fists at God and say, you're the problem. That is not America, right? How many glad to be an American today? What, what does it say? Uh, uh, let freedom ring. Jesus is the truth. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Truth, you may not like it. It might not agree with you or your feelings or your politics or the people around you. You might hate truth, but in the end, truth is what makes people free. Truth is what makes you free. Truth has a, a gift. It hurts at first. It may hurt you desperately, but you've got a humility is when you agree with what God said more than defend your own behavior. And you say, I don't care. I might love it, but God said it's wrong. So therefore, I'm going to call it wrong even though I love it. Truth makes you free. Truth is not the enemy. Truth is your friend. It's the lies that tell you, you know what? God made you this way, and you just ought to do it because that's what makes you feel good. And whatever makes you feel good, girl, that's what's, that's what's right for you. That's a big bunch of bull. Have you ever played the, that uh, card game called Bull? It's where you learn to lie really good. You probably shouldn't play it, but. 
but someone puts something on the table that, that, that's probably not true, and then you get to say, bull. I told people this weekend, everybody needs someone like with a, a red bull card, and every time they lie, somebody says, bull. Because most people, it's bull that's keeping them in the problems that they're in. Is their excuse? It's their bull. And, so, and the truth is what calls bull in your life. Say, so you know what? That's bull. You're doing it because you want to do it even though you know it's bad for you. Let's call it what it is. It's bull. Bull is when you, <laughs> bull is when you agree with the truth. And you say, you know what? Even if it hurts me, I'm going to agree with God. Even if I have to change, I'm going to agree with God. Humility is the willingness to be known for who you really are and taking God's side against your own sin. Humility is not being perfect, but it's the willingness to admit you're wrong when you're wrong. And everybody wants that in their marriage and in all their friendships, but in their relationship with God, they want that to go away, where God never tells people they're wrong, and he does. Why? Because that's how truth speaks. That's what love sounds like. Love says quit doing the thing that's killing you. Quit doing the thing that's ruining. Uh, liars will tell you do whatever you want to do because that's what keeps you in bondage. But God says stop doing that because that's going to hurt you. Now, it sounds like I'm preaching, but I'm not even preaching yet. But let's just read the scripture. And I don't want to say it in a harsh way, but let's just read it. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 14. Surely, this is the Passion Version. Surely you must know that people who practice evil cannot possess God's kingdom realm. In other words, people who have a lifestyle of doing wrong, they can't get in the kingdom of God. I don't care what anybody tells you. This is the writer of all the writings on grace in the Bible, the Apostle Paul. He starts off by saying, can we get real for a second? If you continue to just do wrong all the time, you ain't getting in the kingdom of God. Now that is intended to give you the fear of the Lord. Like this ain't a game where God doesn't care and it doesn't matter. It's not a game. God said, I'm going to get straight up with you. I'm gonna, this is the Holy Spirit speaking to the church. This is a church in Corinth. This is not him speaking to the world. He's telling the church, like how, you church members, he's saying that you think that you do anything you want to do and God doesn't care. Let me just start off by saying you ain't getting in. This is what he said, next line. Stop being deceived. People who continue to engage in sexual immorality, idolatry, adultery, sexual perversion, homosexuality, fraud, greed, drunkenness, verbal abuse. You know, let me go back to drunkenness for a second. Now, God puts it in this list of things. God's just not putting up with that, man. You're deceiving yourself if you think, man, I'm on fire for God, but I'm drunk all the time. Now, I'm going to talk about drunkenness because I, 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 I've run into many Christians who are for legalizing marijuana. What's wrong with you? God already said, don't be drunk. And you're like, well, it's the same as drinking a beer. No, it's not. You obviously haven't smoked marijuana before. It's not the same because there's no in-between. You're high or not high. You can't regulate it. And the, and the pot that they're releasing now, big business is releasing, it's intended for you to get so, so high the first time you do it, you can't quit. They rigged the marijuana. They turned it up so that when you smoke it, you're going to keep doing it. And then it, you feel, well, that's just the way I relax. It's medicine. Man, if you want to get in a, a Facebook war, just say you're against legalizing marijuana. They're going to come after you. I mean, they're determined that being high is good for them and their children, and it's not. Well, Pastor Ray, you're being so mean. I'm just telling you the truth. You don't have to like it. 
It's true. It's not the same. God said, if you're drunk, if you're in drunkenness, this right here, you ain't get, stop deceiving yourself. If you continue in drunkenness, you can't get in the kingdom of God. And this, this is what he said, verse 11. It's true that some of you once lived in those lifestyles. Now stop right there. See, when you get saved, you're supposed to change your lifestyle. You once was lost, now you're found. You used to be drunk all the time. You used to watch things and do things and participate in things that you shouldn't do. But when you get the Holy Spirit in your life, he is a Holy Spirit. And he wants holy. <laughs> you are, go, come on, shout. If you're going to shout, shout. Don't be afraid. <laughs> Listen. Listen, it's funny. I'm in church and people are wondering, is it right for him to even say that? I'm just reading the Bible. It's funny that the world tries to intimidate you as if you should be ashamed of what you believe and how you live instead of they should be ashamed of how they believe and how they live. That's called intimidation when you can't even tell the truth without feeling like, well, it's probably hurting somebody. The truth is intended to hurt like a scalpel is intended to cut somebody and say, I'm going to get that cancer out of you. It is not a pleasant thing, always the truth. The truth is, has the power to set you free, though. And you have to love your freedom more than you love your lies. Man, this guy is just being mean today. I'm not being mean. I'm not being mean. It's truth that keeps you free, makes you free, and makes you a light to the whole world. They don't believe in freedom, but we do. They don't believe there's any freedom. They don't believe there's any hope. They don't believe there's any way out. They believe you ought to just give in. And we say, you know what? There is a freedom. It's in Jesus. The Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You ought to give God a shout. I like that. It's true. It's true that some of you once lived in those lifestyles, but now you have been purified from sin. God said it. You've been purified. And somebody said, brother, there's no way. You cannot be purified from sin, brother. Really? The Bible just said you have been. So I'm going to have to go with God over your ridiculous comment. <laughs> but now you have been purified from sin and made holy. And given a perfect standing before God. All because of the power of the name of the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, and through our union with the Spirit of God. It is true that our freedom allows us to do anything. Now, he's saying, do, making a mistake because of who Jesus is, goofing up doesn't send you to hell. But that doesn't mean everything we do is good for us. I'm free to do as I choose. I can make it. God is not putting us in a bondage where, where if we make a mistake, we we're, we're feel like we're going to hell or something like that. He said, I'm, I have a freedom I can choose to do. I have, God made me free. But he says, but I choose to never be enslaved to anything. 
He said, I'm not coming into that bondage again. I'm running away from bondage, the things I used to do. I'm not going back into them. The way I used to talk, I'm not going to talk like that. The thing that that used to have me in slavery, I'm not going to go back, get back in slavery and call it the grace of God. Because it's stupid, excuse my expression. It's just a dumb thing to do. Keep reading. The body was not created for illicit sex. I can't believe Pastor Bray talked about that in church. Listen, turn on your TV. They're talking about it all the time. And the church needs to stop being silent about what makes people free. The body was not created for illicit sex, but to serve and worship the Lord Jesus. Listen to that. Who can fill the body with himself. Now the God who raised up the Lord Jesus from the grave will awaken and raise us up through his mighty power. In other words, you can't overcome that. But you can't keep justifying it and excusing it and say that it doesn't matter to God. God says, I can fill you with myself instead of that lust. I can fill you with myself instead of that conflict. I can fill you with myself and you can become something you didn't know you could be. It's called being a Christian. It's called being a disciple of Jesus. Now, some people say, and I'm not going to be able to, I'm just, this is going to give you my opening comments so you decide whether you want to come to church next week. Because, <laughs> you know, it's going to be rough next week. You might want to call a friend like, dude, you don't want to go today. You don't want to wait. He'll be talking about nice things about two weeks. And <laughs> somebody's like, I don't know why I don't feel like going to church today. Oh, I think I do. It's that part of the series. It's like when the dentist said, you will have a root canal. You know you need it, but I just don't want to go. Come on, somebody. Just the sound of a root canal. Nothing about that sounds good to me. First, it's a root, and it's a whole canal of roots. All of it sounds like it's going to hurt. And so sometimes God wants to do a root canal, and you might not want to do it, but it's what you need. You need to make an appointment with the Holy Spirit and get that uprooted out of your life. Get some heaven in your life and get that hell out of your life. I'm going to finish reading this, and then I'm going to pray for you. Let me keep reading. Verse 15. And don't you know that your bodies belong to Christ as his body parts? Now stop. See, what liars say is all sins are the same. Like one person lies and the other person has some bad thoughts. And another person, you know, cheats on their income tax. And the other person is rude to people and are not as loving as they should be. And the other person is committing sexual immorality. And to God, it's all the same. That's a lie. That's a lie. All sins are not the same. They're all sins, but they don't have the same effect on you. The Bible sets out sexual sin and puts it in a different category and say, this particular sin has a different effect on you than anything else. Why do you think the enemy is trafficking in it? Don't you know that your bodies belong to Christ as his body parts? Should one presume to take the members of Christ's body and make them into the members of a harlot or prostitute? Absolutely not. Now, he's talking to Christians because this is what Christians were doing. He said, listen, stop justifying all of this immorality. And stop, don't you realize that your body, this is, was made for Jesus. And you can't hook Jesus up with all that mess. This is intended to horrify people in their mind. It's intended to create the fear of the Lord. Like, you can't just do some things because you're connecting Jesus with something evil. 
Aren't you aware of the fact that when anyone sleeps with a prostitute, he becomes a part of her? And she becomes a part of him. For it has been declared, the two shall become a single body. He's saying that when a sexual sin is this way, you bond, your body bonds to something. And all that was Jesus about you bonded to something evil. It's intended to give you the fear of the Lord, like I ain't doing that. You might think, oh, it was just fun. It was just fun. It was fun that contaminated the very core of your life. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is mingled into one spirit with him. This is why you must keep running away from sexual immorality. Listen, every other sin a person commits is external to the body. I'm going to say that again. Every other sin a person commits is external to the body. But immorality involves sinning against your own body. You're not just sinning against God when you engage in the world of perversion and immorality and that whole porno world, when you engage in all those things, the Bible says you're not just sinning against God, you're sinning against your body. Now listen what he's saying. Now what does he mean by that? He means your body was created for the Lord. Your body was created for accomplishing God's purpose, not for immorality. This is your earth suit that you have to accomplish God's purpose for your life in this thing. And it needs to be working for you. It was, you were born to accomplish certain wonderful things for God, to produce wonderful children, to produce wonderful generations and to make disciples and change the world. You were born to be a light in this body. But when you sexually sin, your body begins to work to hinder and oppose your divine purpose. When you get into this, I'm trying to create this, the fear of the Lord. This is what God's word does. It creates the fear of the Lord again in you. See, what happens when you erase that line that you used to say, I'm not crossing over that line, and then you cross over it and it finally disappears and you justified it so long, there is no line. You can't even help yourself. You just, you're in church on Sunday, then by Monday night, you're right back to where you were. Why? You erase the line. That line is called the fear of the Lord. It doesn't mean it's impossible to live right. It's just impossible when you remove the fear of the Lord from your life. You don't understand how you're harming yourself. You don't understand how you're harming your future. You don't understand how you're harming your life. You're just walking right over like no big deal. The Bible says this is the way of deception of the prostitute. She sits down and eats. She wipes her mouth and says, I've done nothing wrong. This is the deception of sin. After you do it, it'll tell you it wasn't really that bad. Matter of fact, God probably doesn't mind that much. And eventually you erase the line, and that thing that said don't do it is not there anymore. You just took up the stop sign. What happens when you pull up the stop sign? You won't get in a wreck. That stop sign was there for God is not stupid. God didn't put that stop sign in there because he didn't want you to have fun. He put it there because if you keep going through that intersection without some kind of a uh, line, what's going to happen is you're going to get in a terrible accident. You may not survive. 
my pastor friend in, in, um, in Natchez, he had a young girl and guy that were part of the church and they were worshiping, loving God. And they connected to each other and they fell in love and they got married and they said, you know, you know, we can, they started dabbling in their old past and started doing drugs again. And, and then it started getting hold of them. They thought they could control it this time. Now that they're saved, you know, you can control your sins after you're saved. You know, because now they had the Holy Spirit, they can go ahead and play and they're going to have control now because they'll just quickly repent. He tried to stay close, but eventually she just went all out. What used to have a little hold in her life got complete control of her life. She's a Christian. Got complete control. She started sleeping with anybody she could sleep with to get drugs because she ran out of money. Y'all know, y'all seen them right walking on the side of the road in the wrong part of town. You see them stumbling along. Used to be the professor's daughter. Used to be uh, the, the, you know, head of the science class. Used to be a cheerleader. And now they're walking down the side of the road and all you can say is a dang shame. She thought she could control her sin. But she made a mistake. She didn't fear the Lord. You keep messing with sin, sin will mess with you. Just when you keep crossing that line, cross it long enough. One day you'll be super sorry that you did. Well, this girl, she started sleeping with everybody to try to get some more drugs. She suddenly didn't care. There was no line. There was nothing that she wouldn't do for drugs. You know people, some of you have family members like that. It's heartbreaking because you look at them and they're not the same person they used to be. They think they are, but they're so contaminated they can't think straight anymore. Last week, they found this girl. John was calling me upset. He said, he gave me her name. He said, they found her and he named the river. That she was in the river. That she had been beaten up and abused. Thrown over the bridge into the river to die. This is a church member. See, that's what the enemy has in mind for every compromiser. He's going to ruin, he wants to ruin your marriage. He wants to ruin your life. He's not throwing you a party and there's no cost. There is a price tag. The wages of sin is still death. The gift of God is still eternal life. You're never going to change that no matter how the culture or HBO or how the news media, no matter how they paint it, it's always the same. When you sin, death is coming. When they dropped her off in the river, she wasn't dead. The person found her, she was barely alive. By the time the ambulance got there, she was dead. Well, God will never let things happen because I'm a Christian. Well, you know what? You need to learn to fear the Lord. This is the, the truth makes you free. I know that's a sad story. And I know it might bring you down. But I hope it does more than bring you down. I hope you get the fear of the Lord. Let me finish reading this and we'll close. Have you forgotten that your body is now the sacred temple of the spirit of holiness? There's nothing common about your body. And your body should not be participating with anything common. Because now the spirit of holiness, this is the temple of God. Wouldn't you hate it if someone, a bunch of people got a bunch of cans of paint and went over to our big beautiful building or this building and started writing cuss words and horrible things and pictures all over our building? God is saying that's exactly what you do when you get into all that stuff. You're taking the temple of the Holy Spirit and it's graffiti and horrible things all over what was born to be holy. 
You don't belong to yourself any longer. I love this. You don't belong. Say, I don't belong to myself anymore. For the gift of God, the Holy Spirit lives inside your sanctuary. You are God's expensive purchase. Paid for with tears of blood. So by all means, then use your bodies to bring glory to God. The good news is nobody in this room has gone too far that you can't come back. You haven't done so much that you can't be decontaminated, that you can't be changed, that you can't be transformed by the power of the blood of Jesus. I'm going to preach the rest of it next week. Because that's already a lot to just digest. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is pure. And it brings blessing. It brings life. And it brings riches, the Bible says. In other words, the fear of the Lord is not your enemy telling you can't do things. You know that instinct you used to have, like, I ain't doing that. I mean, they might do it. I ain't doing it. That right there, that's the fear of the Lord. I it's the I ain't doing that reflex. And some of you lost it. The only way to get it back is I'll tell you next week. <laughs> but you know what? God loves you so much. I hope I didn't come across as condemning because God, Jesus said, I didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. This is not being condemning. This is everybody is in the same ship. That's why they call it fellowship. We're a bunch of fellows in the same ship. We all need Jesus not to make us feel better in our failures. We may need Jesus to bring us out of our failures into victory. And that's what was won at the cross. Come on, say it. We say victory. Come on, say my victory was won at the cross. It doesn't have to be easy. But I'm making it my business to live free. Come on, if you don't mind, just stand up with me and lift your hands to Jesus. Come on, say it with me. Say, by the blood of Jesus, say it from your heart. I've been delivered from all the power of the enemy. I'm no longer a slave. I'm a child of God. I did not set myself free. I was set free by the truth and by the power of the Holy Spirit. By the blood of Jesus, all of my sins are forgiven. All across the room, let me help you. Repentance is not bad. Repentance is good. Repentance means changing the way you think. Rethink that thing. Stop thinking that good things are bad and bad things are good. Repent means just give up that dumb way of thinking. Just give it up. That's what repentance is. I'm not going to justify. I'm not going to give up or give in. I'm going to repent. So say it with me. Say, Lord, in Jesus' name, I repent for allowing 
lies and the spirit of the age to contaminate my mind, my emotions, and my body. Allow the blood of Jesus to cleanse my body right now. Cleanse my mind. Cleanse my eyes. Cleanse my thoughts. I repent for allowing the contamination of the world to pollute the temple of God. I repent from my heart. And I know I can't change myself, but I release my faith. And I receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ into my life. I declare the fear of the Lord is returning to my life. That line that I crossed too many times is being reformed in my life. I treasure it. I welcome it. And I declare it might take a little process of washing me, but that line is coming back. The fear of the Lord is coming back to my life. I declare Jesus Christ is the Lord of my life. And I declare the Holy Spirit, the spirit of freedom is ruling in my life. I submit to no other spirit but the spirit of grace and the spirit of life. Jesus in me, changing me and transforming me. I renounce every lie every excuse every pitiful reason I give for my defeat I renounce it and I declare I will live free because of Jesus I'm going to disconnect from the pollution of the world and I'm going to connect with the spirit of holiness come on with your hands let me say I dedicate this body it belongs to you. My body from this moment on is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not used for just anything. My body was made for Jesus. My body was made for the Holy Spirit. Now, Lord, take the brush of the blood of Jesus. Scrub down the walls of this body. Scrub down the walls of my mind. Remove every wrong image. Remove every wrong experience. Break every bondage. Break every curse at the cross of Jesus. I declare freedom reigns in my life. I am not controlled by my desires. I am not controlled by my feelings. I am not controlled by the spirit of this age, but my life was made for the Holy Spirit and I receive. This is a week of the Holy Spirit in my life. Come on, just lift your hands. I receive freedom. I receive freedom, 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 freedom. Come on, just say it. I receive the fear of the Lord back in my life. Come on, declare it. Come on, you don't have to be in bondage. Say, I receive the fear of the Lord back in my life and I declare I don't have to be perfect I don't have to be mistake free 
but I am determined to be free. I've made up my mind. I've repented of my excuses and I'm moving in to the territory of truth. Now, come on, receive the grace. I'm just going to quote this over your life. This is what the Bible says. The grace of God has appeared to every man, teaching them to say no to ungodliness and worldly lust. The grace of God doesn't teach you to say yes. The grace of God redraws the line and says, I'm putting some, I don't do that back in my life. I ain't doing that back in my life. Come on, say it with me. Say, the grace of God has appeared to me today and grace is teaching me to say no to ungodliness and to worldly lusts. I say yes to Jesus. I say yes to his purpose. And I say no to the devil and his lies and his destruction. Come on. Can we just see a moment before you get busy? Let's just see a 